0: Welcome to a very special episode of Shitpost, featuring the fellows from Minion Death Cult. Uh, The website describes it as a leftist podcast about the deranged cesspool of the right-wing internet, and I can't think of a better descriptor than that. Uh, This is a collaboration I've always wanted to do, but uh, frankly, (laughs) couldn't get off my ass to uh, think up an idea, but I finally, you know had a moment of clarity in this pandemic and the guys are gracious enough to join me now alex and tony from minion death cult what's up guys
1: hey jared thanks so much for having us on. love the show uh yeah admire your work very glad to be here oh
0: well i appreciate it uh so we're recording this on august 1st uh i i guess this marks we've been in uh pandemic mode for what like four is it four months now five months now
2: i think i think five.
0: Oh god so
2: yeah because i think it started like in march yeah because my I, did, I didn't even think for my birthday so yeah <laughs> <It> started in <laughs> march
1: yeah i'm trying to remember when i was supposed to fly down to california to see tony and stereo lab uh at the same time both at once and i uh, couldn't do it i think that was beginning of april or something
0: i i i will always remember that it started in the beginning of March, because I had gone to CPAC in February and had spent a lot of time sort of roaming the hallways and talking to people about the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, then the message was, you know, Trump is taking this seriously. China didn't take it seriously. And that's why we have this problem to begin with. And it's been very interesting over the last, I guess, four or five months now to see it evolve into just flu- like full-blown Alex Jones trutherism in the right-wing base. It's it's really remarkable. But I, I remember walking around, you know, six inches from Sebastian Gorka, you know, five inches from Alex Jones uh, and, you know, hearing just dumb dog shit about this pandemic and then you know, getting the call from my editor. Uh, apparently, you know, someone at CPAC had coronavirus and now it's like, I've been inside ever since. What can I say? I I, I did all the coronavirus things. I got a dog. Um, I started neglecting my hobbies and exercise. Um, and I don't know, man, I, it's hard to know when this is gonna end, but uh, have you guys sort of seen the same thing? You guys cover sort of like deranged right wing internet. How, how have you guys seen this kind of
1: morph? Uh, I, I mean, uh, there, there's. I saw a little bit of what you were saying at the beginning. Was that you know Trump took it seriously uh, by doing a lot of racism, and I think that's how we thought we could stop the virus uh, at first was just by uh, just like hit, hitting the ground running on on being really racist towards uh, Chinese people. And when that didn't work, people like people on the right just gave up and were like, "I, I don't know, it must not be real." <laughs> if if me yelling Wuhan flu and uh, you know further alienating myself from friends and family hasn't worked, then uh, it's probably fake. Lately, it's become
2: more apparent uh, when I go to like protests and like actions, and we just did a we just did a march on Tuesday in my little town, and um, they were there were counter protesters there. Uh, they didn't even know why they were there. We were doing a Defund the Police protest. They were doing a Defend the Police protest, and they just yelled USA at us a bunch. But the mask is such a statement now. None of them wearing a mask. And there was a couple people that, like, you can tell they kind of came with a mask, but it was down around their chin by that point. I feel like they probably just got shamed into it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's morphed into this, like, it the that stuff and the precautions doesn't even reflect the disease to them at all. Um, it's just this weird, like, statement. And not making it, it's like this, like, a, aggressive act. And it's really, um, it's really strange. To the point where um, I recently saw a cop at a protest. Every time someone would come near him, he'd pull his mask down to be like, stay away from me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and he and like we like called him out on and he was like, No, this is gonna keep you six feet away, right? That's the whole point, right? And we were just like, Fuck you, dude. (laughs)
1: Thank you so much. Um, another like other than saying it's completely fake. I mean, he goes hand in hand with saying it's fake. When they say fake, they just mean like it'll kill people that aren't me. Yeah, exactly. That that's kind of what they mean by fake. Like the media is trying to make me afraid when, you know, I don't have any like underlying medical conditions. So why would I be afraid? You know, and uh they' they in the very beginning they were just openly like asking for their you know wait staff to come back to work or their employees to come back to work uh you know just so they could you know fulfill the freedom the only freedom that they know which is being able to purchase you know uh the the butter with the Native American woman on it right yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it is
0: kind of like weird to to think that now, you know, Herman Kane has died from this thing. Uh, what's his name? Bill Montgomery, one of the like mm-hmm. original founders or donors, something like that, to Turning Point USA. Yeah. Uh, he died from coronavirus. And it, it's, it's just been really bizarre to see right wing politicians and media figures kind of actively encouraging the people who presumably give them money and patronize their shit to like place themselves at further risk for this thing and i i'm wondering uh like if we are past the the looking glass on this like is there a number of people or is there like a certain person who would die from coronavirus that would you know make them try to take this seriously i i I mean i remember like trump came out in a press conference a couple weeks ago and just was like blah 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 dr Fauci sucks everything is stupid also can you wear a mask oh god like looking back at his age being like i can't believe you made me say that and then like (laughs) just going Mm -hmm. forward i i don't know i i i keep looking for to see if there's going to be like a change of heart with anybody
1: um and i'm not seeing it It's I mean it's an ideology that's completely based on like individualism. Yeah. And like the self above all others. And so the only way you're gonna get these people to change their tune is like Chuck Woolery, whose fucking son got it. Like who was in who was a adamant COVID denier and then his son got it. And it's like then he changed his tune and like I think deleted his Twitter. Like it's that's the only way that these people will I don't know, recognize the cost. Like they're never going to recognize a social cost other than something that directly affects them via, you know, their, their income. Yeah. We literally need
2: everybody's firstborn to get it in a plague of locusts. (laughs) It's the only way they're going to, they're going to take it seriously.
0: So uh, for listeners who haven't picked up yet, uh, this episode is about COVID skepticism trutherism, denialism, whatever you might want to call it. Uh, And I think this is a particularly sort of interesting topic that once I started looking into it, because in March, you know, back when I was getting that call to stay home from work because I had been at CPAC, I did not imagine that this pandemic would end up growing into, uh, of course, you know, what it Has become now, uh, but also producing this sort of, uh, how would I, like a cottage industry of media personalities and uh, pundits, Facebook pages, and all that sort of thing. So on this episode, uh, we're going to take a look at one of those uh, such figures, a little cottage industry media boy named Alex Berenson. uh, And then Minion Death Cult guys are going to bring it to Facebook and, and, share with us uh you know we're gonna do a little bit of armchair psychology here and try to figure out what's really going on man that was my best mark Marin impression i felt like it was still shit <laughs> that
2: was good now that i know what it is i totally understand what it was it was it was you nailed it
0: <laughs> thank you tony i appreciate that uh so let's get right into it um alex berenson if you are on twitter with the rest of us uh more addicted to this site than ever before because of this pandemic you have probably come across alex berenson he is a former new york times reporter uh which is you know i i can't take that from him uh, as, as in you know kind of outlandish as you'll see this character is uh you know For all that has been reported, he did some pretty good work at the New York Times um, and has carried that title on. You know, if you see him on Tucker Carlson or, uh, you know, I think you went on Newsmax the other day or something. You know, it's it's not Alex Berenson author. It's Alex Berenson, former New York Times guy.
1: Um, The only way to take that from him is to get him rehired by the New York Times. Uh, I believe we should be starting a campaign to get him back <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. payroll staff. <laughs> and unironically, that would do more to delegitimize him, I think, than anything we could say. <laughs> to, to the people he's appealing to, for sure. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. So Alex Berenson, he uh, started, he, he kind of broke into the scene in March, uh, you know, right on the cutting edge of the coronavirus uh, pandemic and quickly became a favorite source. Uh, to cite as an expert on coronavirus statistics, coronavirus media coverage from people who have a financial and political interest in downplaying the severity of the pandemic and the risk that it poses to their audiences. Um, you know, Alex Berenson, for a while he had this Twitter profile that was just like a sheep sticking out its tongue. Um, but last I checked, it is now a photo of. Uh, Dr. Fauci with a mask pulled down. Uh, so this guy's, you know, kind of a. Uh, how would you? I don't know how to describe this guy diplomatically. I think his banner picture
2: is more important because the banner picture is a a guinea pig wearing a mask. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and um, I think that kind of speaks more. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is that is that him in the profile
1: picture? Uh, Okay. It's a, yeah. It looks like a young guy wearing aviators
0: Yeah, so, so he's changed it back It's him now, but yeah We've got the, the guinea pig wearing uh, a, a photoshopped on mask uh, You know, big big, uh, big statement guy You know it's a, uh,
1: If you look at the mask Like there's a little logo on it And the logo is uh, a, bar, a bar graph with like Increasing incidence over time and there's no, you know, information about like what the y-axis or the x-axis axes represent. But uh, I don't know if that's like uh, the the sort of imagery you want on your the coronavirus is a hoax uh, yeah. banner.
2: It's a bad look because it's clearly going up. Whatever it is, And I don't think it's you're a, doing like non. It's, it's a
0: non. It's a non-flattened curve. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Alex's whole point um, is ultimately that media coverage and those damn libs are just completely blowing the threat of the coronavirus to astronomical proportions and you know that we have suffered for it um there is a July piece in the Washington Post. Uh, he told the Post that he believes his overall view of the virus is correct, uh, but you know, adults should make their own decision. And he says that people rely on him because he provides, quote, data and information they do not see anywhere else. I wonder why that is. Um, he, he adds, I do not traffic in conspiracy theories. I provide facts and figures from local, state, and national governments. He said, people want to know why a few months ago they were told to wear masks or want to know why a few months ago they were told masks were useless
1: except for healthcare
0: workers and now masks are required. Yeah, this
1: I mean, it's it's this is a common refrain uh, in right wing spaces. This is what like a lot of people have latched onto the the fact that Fauci and other experts did say that uh, I think even maybe the CDC said that there wasn't any, it's, it's, I saw both statements. I saw the statement that, you know, oh, you shouldn't wear a mask, uh, because there's no concrete data to, uh, you know, support the idea that, that a mask will help stop the spread. And then I saw other statements that were more like, we don't have enough data yet to definitively state that a mask will, you know, basically like don't sue us type language about yeah. wearing a ma- how wearing a mask will prevent the spread. Um, and I mean, it's been pretty, Thoroughly documented that that statement Was just because they were We don't have enough masks in this fucking country Or we didn't at the time This country was totally unprepared uh, For an epidemic at this scale And so (laughs) our only option uh, At least according to these experts You know, was to lie to people And say, uh, you know Oh, don't worry about the masks Because we just don't have enough (laughs) Right And, And now that we do have enough It doesn't
2: matter how many like TikTok videos Of you spraying through your mask you put out they still just don't believe it. They don't believe any any type of like proof that we've given that the masks do do something. They're still like, ah, I I still personally don't have it, so the mask is still
0: bullshit. Right? Yeah, and, and you know, you have people like Alex Berenson here, kind of offering, you know, these very, uh, you know, in these Twitter threads, these very sort of official, uh, trustworthy looking facts and figures to kind of support that notion. Uh, So Alex Berenson ended up uh, attracting sort of his first few rounds of national media coverage on he himself uh, in about April. So he had kind of been at this for about a month. He was starting to go on Fox News, uh, was getting cited in all these right-wing publications. There's a Vanity Fair article, uh, you know, that kind of runs through this. Uh, his commentary uh, it reads, his earned him mentions in The Blaze, The National Review, The Washington Examiner, Breitbart, and The Daily Caller, as well as a lengthy Fox News profile, lauding him as a former New York Times reporter who is sounding the alarm about what he believes are flawed models dictating the aggressive strategy. Uh, Fox News describes him as not a known partisan, but rather a... Data and facts-driven savant. So I I hated so much. Did you <laughs> Did you guys look into his
2: book at all? The book he's written. Tell your Chir- Tell your Chir- children. I can't talk. Oh yeah. Oh, um, oh yeah. I've
0: got I've got some of that that, that we'll get to yeah. here in a minute. But it, it is that is its own can of worms, man.
2: And it's like somehow that that book also gave him some sort of credibility, which I don't understand at all. Um, But yeah, it's that whole data and facts driven thing. It's like, oh, you made a graph or you saw the graph or you just said this other graph was wrong, but you're not really stating anything at all.
0: Right. It, it, It is more of an effort to discredit the people who are trying to do reporting and trying to spread information than it is to offer any sort of alternative to it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, my, you know, with what little like Alex Berenson is, a, I can just go like just going through his Twitter feed. He's he's not like the kind of guy that really makes it onto Facebook. Like it's not a lot of people in our circles, at least, that are like screen capping his tweets and and put, yeah. making memes out of them or whatever. Like he's more of a, just just a cursory glance. You know, it's like of the IDW Stripe of the, like, edgy facts and logic guy with a little bit of sass, a little bit of, like, you know, millennial irony or whatever. Uh, ex- extremely annoying. Fairly un- insufferable. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like one of the tweets signed off with, with virus gonna virus. Oh, it's wow. like, yeah. That's his pinned tweet. You can tell he's tell he's one of the cool ones because he's using a meme from, like, three years ago. Uh, and, I don't know, just this tweet right here, the idea that he's not... Uh, partisan or that he's not ideologically driven. I mean, he has a tweet right here that's it, it's about uh James Murdoch leaving Fox News. It says, "So James Murdoch walks the plank and Fox News will stay conservative." Whew. With the rest of the media increasingly openly leaning left, losing Fox as a counterweight would have been disastrous. Uh, And then he goes on to say, aside from uh, OANN, One America News Network, uh, which is far more psycho than Fox, uh, which has limited carriage and some conservative radio, I would have no national media presence the last four months if not for Fox. Even CNBC, (laughs) after inviting me, refused to have me. Fox is far from perfect, but it's more important than ever. And it's just, I don't know, these seem like really important tweets to me. <laughs> they seem yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, very honest, uh, very, very honest tweets about what he cares about and who he thinks are, are like valid sources of news. Oh, the people who like pay me to appear. Right, right.
0: It, it is crucial that we have a balanced media, especially the, the outlets that invite me onto a national platform
1: to talk to people. Yeah. Now more than ever, it's crucial that people uh, put me on TV. But what sucks, though,
2: is that when CNBC does, like, say we're not having you back, that's like clout, though. That's that's good. The, you know, they, they're they not having him back because he's telling too many truths, and they can't have that.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, they're, they're, I mean with, with folks like this guy who kind of posture themselves the way that, he, you know, that he does, it's kind of like a... A losing game, I think, to even engage most of the time because absolutely you know, How- and, and yeah i I think the best person I saw try to engage in this um, it was advice news uh this journalist her name's Laura Wagner she did this uh email interview with Alex Berenson in April, and uh, she you know, sent him some questions trying to just be like, you know, what the fuck is up with this guy? He doesn't actually do anything except tweet that the coronavirus is like a bunch of bullshit. And uh he she sent over this list of questions and was like, oh, this is gonna be a QA. I'm gonna publish whatever you write, so go along if you want. So then uh Alex berenson does the uh, you know, original Twitter gangster move and uh just screenshots all his replies and posts them on Twitter uh but what he doesn't do is screenshot her
1: follow-up questions which are trying to fact check him uh and it just or just like get him to clarify what the hell he's talking about like it, it like i it is ostensibly a fact check but it's like i don't know it's i read through the article it's pretty good like she's just like which article are you talking about you're saying that like oh this reporting is hyperbolic or uh hysterical what reporting can yeah. you give me, like, an example, please, of the reporting? Like, that's not even a fact check. That's just, like, what are you talking about, please? Right, and he just,
0: he exploded in this tantrum at the time, I remember, about this article because, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, Alex, it, it was, a, you know, this reporter was just like, w- what? I, How do you square, like this data into your worldview or what and he just lost it man so it like not only does he posture himself as the sayer of truths that can't be told but under any sort of scrutiny or you know close examination or questioning he just kind of like
1: melts down and sort of a how dare you type posture yeah it's very defensive like the like because the correspondence, it's all there in the Vice article, you know, she, she asks him the questions, he responds, and then she asks him follow-up questions. And he's like, this wasn't part of our deal. Yeah. This wasn't part (laughs) of our deal for you to, to, and if you print any of these follow-up questions, I will kill the article. Yeah. And it's, I don't understand. I mean, you know, like his audience isn't that discerning anyway. They don't, Probably don't really care, you know. They're looking for their biases to be confirmed, but it's just I don't know how you put that out there yourself and 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 not expect to look like a total fraud. Like, no, I will not answer one single follow up question. And if you ask me a follow up question, I will kill this interview all altogether. Well, it, it's like a child getting caught in a lie. It's like a child being like, "So, so wait, you don't have
2: any homework? Yeah, I don't have any homework." Well. Where did you? How do you know you don't have like your your teacher said that they sent anything home? Like oh god, you don't believe me? Like why don't you believe me? You (laughs) guys never believe me. You and your you and my teacher hate me. It's not fair.
0: So that puts us around April. Let's fast forward a few months, and uh, Alex Berenson, even more so than he had already, uh, sort of a month into this pandemic exploding, has emerged into the forefront as, you know, coronavirus, or, or I'm sorry, uh, conservatives, uh, f- like, favorite person to tap to discredit media coverage on political statements about the coronavirus. Uh, Alex, of course, you know, needs to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of cash in his pocket. Can't blame him. The economy's tough nowadays. So he publishes a book about COVID-19, which is kind of more of like a pamphlet uh, and then, you know, pulled another classic conservative move. Uh, Amazon, I guess, sent him an email when he tried to self-publish this book saying that uh, it didn't meet the guidelines for sale, uh, citing, you know, the book's topic. Uh, Amazon later says that the denial was sent in error. Um, but, you know, he, he did that classic right-wing move of, uh, you know, being censored by the corporate powers that be uh you know it wasn't twitter but you know i don't know and, and there's like an elon musk connection we'll um, I'll get it, into that here in a second but like it was just uh, this guy the point i'm trying to make is this guy keeps showing us who he is yeah. you know
2: well it's wild too is like that it, the in order to get denied for to have a book self-published on amazon it like has to be pretty wild and like uh, can we talk about the premise of the book real quick yeah yeah uh, like the the premise of the book is like, well, is, this is
1: the COVID nineteen book. There were there's two books.
2: Oh, I was talking about his first book because they, they, I saw his first book. Like they th- that they let that one go, which right. is wild. That one that one should have been stopped. That one was like that one, like in my mind, was like pretty racist and uh pretty like wild and just. Well, the thing is, no like fact.
1: you can, you can write a book about. Women having sex with velociraptors, and Amazon yeah, will publish it exactly like it it's it takes a lot to not get not get published by amazon
2: yeah yeah that's what i'm saying it, it it takes a whole lot for that like you can't just they're not just say no for no reason
1: the thing i not to sidetrack too much, but like couldn't amazon just say okay so he, this is a guy who like has a pretty substantial twitter following he's he's done media appearances he banks himself as like a truth teller and a a controversial figure like i mean in his twitter bio it says something like inappropriate like that's one of his own descriptors for uh completely inappropriate is how he describes himself so that you know he's he's like a he, he he's like a little fire starter you know Can, couldn't Amazon, look at this guy. Say, okay, this guy's trying to self-publish a book. Let's just let's just refuse to do it for a couple weeks and see what happens. Let's refuse to do it for a couple weeks, and then oh my God, Elon Musk promotes the book for him, and oh, we reinstated the book, and now it's got a hundred and fifty thousand pre-orders. Oops, our Jeez. bad. So sorry about that. Uh, we're, we'll let him publish the book now. Like. Isn't it possible that it's just a grift from both parties?
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. I, 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 totally I mean, possible. Amazon
1: stated that uh, the
0: denial of publication was sent in error, but I'm not fucking believing what Amazon yeah. says. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not like they said, "Oh, we we reviewed it and it and it's okay." Now they're just like, "No, oops, uh, oops, our bad. It was actually always allowed, and fortunately for us, we're going to make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars off this probably."
2: <laughs> yeah, oh shucks.
1: I don't know what, <laughs> they, what they would actually make.
0: for but. our error, uh, we are going to increase increase the price of the book two dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Alex Berenson, uh, you know here. At this point in the arc, he has published something on the coronavirus. He's making right-wing media appearances going on White Power Hour, Tucker Carlson, all that good stuff. He eventually gets uh, a prominent spotlight in a New York Times piece uh, from Ben Smith, who's a great reporter, uh, and... You know, which kind of got me thinking about the whole premise of this episode. It, it's very good. Uh, I include links to everything we cite in the show notes. Go check it out. So, uh, and Tony, now we're gonna start talking about uh, this guy's first book because uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, man, this. <laughs> yeah, I uh,
2: hate it so much.
0: So, uh, the way that Ben Smith writes about uh alex berenson i'll just read uh, a little bit here uh, while he was at the new york times he was a contrarian with a big ego and some problems with authority a talented bristling swashbuckling character roger cohen a former times foreign editor recalled during an internal times crisis in 2003 mr berenson was the one who stood up at a staff meeting and asked the executive editor Howell will whether he would resign Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mr. Berenson's road to his new cause began last fall with the book Tell Your Children, which was inspired by conversations with his wife, a psychiatrist who worked with the criminally insane. The book moves from studies linking marijuana with psychosis to a broadside against the drug safety. Advocates of legalizing marijuana accused him of seek, of steering nuanced science to simple and unfounded conclusions, which I just want to time out real quick does, is his wife not violating, like, patient-doctor, like, confidentiality? I forget the the turn of phrase for that, but isn't there, like, a law against, like, psychiatrists discussing their clients with their husband?
2: I think she just can't yeah. say, like, specifics. Like, she can't. She probably went home and was like, you know, a lot of these fucking psychos I work with, they all smoked weed when they were teens. Okay. Like,
0: okay. You know, I, I think I, that's okay. Okay, i
2: and I think he was probably like, Oh, I'm gonna write a book on it. That makes sense. <laughs> I do see that a lot of uh, you know, rappers also seem to be violent and they also um seem to have smoked weed when they were teens. It's uh there's something up here. There's something going on here.
0: Yeah.
1: So Well it's funny, like all you all you would have to do is just say, Oh no, she told me, you know, about like they were anonymous or whatever. Like he could have literally been doing the, the Steph Stefan Molyneux thing of listening through the keyhole at her sessions with yeah, her clients, yeah. but all, but all like she would have said is, Oh no, we just discussed them. Like with, with the data, like disambiguated from, from the individuals or whatever. And you get away oh, yeah, with it. I think
2: I'm, I'm not saying that she didn't say exactly what happened with every patient show showing pictures and give them background. Like, I'm sure she probably did exactly that. But I mean, as far as, you know, following up on that, unless I, unless he does cite specifics in the book, which would be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, I, I was just that was a question I had when I read that line in this profile where I was like, is this allowed? But I am, uh, you know, not a not an expert or a lawyer. But so uh, in, in this New York Times profile, uh, Ben Smith cites uh, Alex Berenson's book and sort of the. Uh, I guess less than favorable response it received as an inspiration for Alex Berenson's sort of current public persona. Uh, ben Smith writes, by the time the coronavirus arrived, Mr. Berenson was primed to believe that public health voices in the media that covered them had been politicized and were perhaps out to get him. Flawed early pandemic coverage set off his contrarian side, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then let's see. Yeah, that's just about uh, his pamphlet. So it seems, uh, you know, to be the case that Alex Berenson, you know, put out this book saying, you know, smoking weed will make you a violent, terrible person, and that's why it should never be legal. And then people were like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, this is ridiculous. And became convinced that, like, it was all a lie. All the public health stuff you've ever heard was a lie because you know it it goes back to what you were saying Tony. It's the the kid who gets caught lying about the homework where it's like are, what are 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 you sure that uh, that weed causes uh violence cuz cuz uh you know we've got plenty of data here and it's like you guys have always hated me. This is not fair. Yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> and he's seriously, He's, it he's gets- like no I've seen many documentaries where people are both like smoking weed and like being violent, and he's just talking about rap videos. He's like <laughs> that's like all this is based on. This that's all this is based on in in my mind. It's so wild. It's like everybody knows that like weed does not cause, you know, violence uh, or like, a violent demeanor. And it's just it's just such a a, a
1: beautiful stretch and it's so corny and lame. <laughs> well, it's it's another instance of like I don't believe the experts anymore because the experts didn't believe me or the experts like found fault with me. Uh, so they're not the good experts anymore. Just like the news channels who won't have me on, those aren't the good news, news channels. Those are the biased news channels because they wouldn't have me on.
0: Right. I'm
1: waiting for someone to respond
2: to their, to a positive COVID test that way. Just being like, nope, this isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) Throw it in the mail. They're going to do it on Twitter. They're going to be like, I got this positive COVID test back, and I know this is fake, and they set it on fire. (laughs) And then, like, died days later. Oh, my God.
0: So, that book that we're talking about uh, was published in early 2019. It's called Tell Your Children, The Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. Uh, There was a Vox article about the book when it came out, because in in some circles, I guess, this book was getting... uh, Uh, how would I describe this? It was sort of like the centrist style of like, wow, sure. It's interesting to hear another side of the argument that we just don't get to hear from very often. But Vox news, I I think wrote about it pretty frankly. Uh, they called the book, what it is, uh, reefer madness 2.0 and quote, an exercise in cherry picking data and presenting correlation as causation. Uh, tell your children claims to inform its readers of the truth about marijuana, but it instead repeatedly misleads them. Uh, And, you know, this was kind of, you know, despite his book getting panned over and over again and sort of debunked and, uh, you know, there was this open letter from 75 doctors and scholars from places like Columbia University and Harvard, you know, I I guess, respectable people, people were, were led to believe are respectable people in, in, in these fields you know came out said the book was pretty much bullshit uh and you know it i i mean i don't know man it's just like he has seemingly achieved so much in these last few months on the tales of this coronavirus stuff and uh kind of fits into that cottage industry you know if we're going to like pick out one person from the COVID cottage industry of like media skeptics, this guy is maybe like the the shining star of them all. And it seems to be, uh, you know, at its core, if you start chopping away the layers, uh, motivated by very, uh, you know, uh, sort of resentment, you know, from being told he was a dumb piece of shit for thinking that like, you know, rappers are being violent because they smoke weed.
1: Yeah, to, I mean, you could. Seems like that—that's the roadmap for like radicalizing everybody. <laughs> like it's—it really, you know, a lot of the people we talk about who aren't, you know, on our show who are just you know normal psychos on the internet. Um, you know, they might be successful in the sense that they own a business or they're like retired and living on a pension and they can afford you know to to buy an RV or whatever. Uh, but they've also just been called out, you know, either on Facebook or either, you know, in person by their families. And it's like, it's that, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, what is it called? It's, it's when prophecy fails, you know, you don't have many other options when you've picked like an ideology or when you've aligned yourself with an ideology that's like so reprehensible to a good majority of people, not just like morally or ethically but also uh professionally you know as like a professional scientist or, or a, a doctor or something this this like this is utter garbage you know and you probably don't feel any compulsion not to call it gar- garbage and I don't know it's it's like how do you come back from that well you you can't if, if you're a proud individual you can't you can't admit you're wrong so you're just like you know I'll, I'll find my niche audience and just dig in you know because the the, with the internet, you can find them.
2: Yeah, I just lean into it, and like you're, you're gonna you're gonna find a new home. You know, you're gonna find a new family. Uh, they're they're all waiting for you because they've all done it to themselves, and they find each other, and they're like, "See, I'm not alone. I'm not alone." Uh, and like, here's a book about it now. Right. I can buy that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird because it's like, you know, we on I think a good way of dividing like the left from the right is like an honest. Uh, compassion or a responsibility you feel towards like the community towards society uh and i mean the coronavirus and pandemic is like a very good illustration of that i mean i think it's pretty clear that there's there's like a spectrum of people who either don't care at all about the, community, the, the community health which is obviously the right wing then there's people who like care a little bit which i would say would be like the democrats who are like oh you're not allowed to go out but also we're not going to give you any money to like live you're not allowed to go to work but also like i don't know figure it out uh and then there's like the left who wants like you know universal health care and for this to have been possibly prevented or at least like killed in the cradle a little bit a little bit better by you know a a actual network of social health services um and i i it's what i was going to say was is sort of replacing that idea of society or community is just these facebook groups like for the right wing like they don't need to actually form solidarity with their community because they can just go on and go on to a Facebook group and like find, you know, a couple hundred people that they're never actually going to meet that they never actually have to rely on that won't ever rely on them just to like, you know, bounce the same uh talking points off of.
0: Let's talk about those Facebook groups because that is uh some some minion death cult fucking specialty that is the uh the the feature i'm, I'm fucking this up but the uh the main course <laughs> If <you will. laughs> uh what have uh, you guys been seeing sort of in these groups because you know alex berenson who we just talked about is very much like uh, like a media creation right i i, I don't see him like really shifting the zeitgeist you know he is maybe helping frame media coverage which is sort of trickling in maybe through you know places like the daily caller and then like going into the zeitgeist you know but he is not uh you know at least yet one of these people who's like walking into the trader shows and pulling their mask down and throwing milk all over the cashier you know uh what what have you guys been seeing sort of in in the slogs you know in the the rabid base uh, how is you know how, what is the vibe
1: can i get a vibe check is that too much to ask yeah the <laughs> the vibe is that the masks are socialism mm-hmm. that's just it there's no like explanation it's just like they're testing to see if uh they can get you to wear the mask so that they can either later make you wear the Mark of the Beast or uh, so they can put you in your, like, femdom penis cage at some point. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. that's that's kind of what the the discourse is and you know you don't see a lot of these like more highbrow data driven or even if it's cherry picked data you don't see a lot of those arguments in, in on Facebook you see mostly you know memes and the memes are like oh here is sheep in masks and here is me a lion without a mask epic like that's yeah. <laughs> it's epic yeah it's epic shit and uh, but like I have some examples of like arguments that that you see overwhelmingly um one is i think it's a Tommy lauren tweet and it's if the masks work then why aren't we reopening the government if the masks don't work uh then why aren't we just staying home and and not wearing the mask and it's and it's like i don't know how you you pose that argument with a straight face i don't know how you put like like it's not like a like a, a magic rock that keeps coronavirus away that's not like what a mask is like i don't, like do people think that like any medication you take or any like workout you do or anything is like an automatic cure or sure, an automatic yeah. 100% like foolproof thing like i don't even think these people really believe it themselves they're just like oh that seems like witty or that seems it's got a cadence to it. I like. It's like art, you know. It doesn't have to really make sense. It just feels good to see it and and say it. And like it's funny because that statement kind of the
2: it, it proves kind of our argument more. You know, it's like, well, we're not reopening because y'all motherfuckers aren't putting on masks. It's that. It's that direct. It's that direct. It's like, yes we're not doing it because no one did it. So we can't reopen and you should stay home. And that's, what's funny is people don't get that part of it too. That, that that's part of the whole process is like, okay, if you, if you don't wear a mask, you also don't have to leave home. Like just, just don't leave home. But that's, you know, again, stepping on your freedoms and your liberties. So it's like, there's just no winning with it. with like with these
1: arguments, it's, uh, it's so silly. The, um, the Christian argument I see a lot is by wearing a mask, you're messing with God's perfect respiratory system. <laughs> like, like if God wanted you to wear a mask, you would have been born with a mask. And people are like, well, I mean, it's it's like it's not hurting your respiratory system. It's just adding something and it like maybe it'll prevent you from dying or like killing other people. And then the response to that is, is like, well, God knows all of that like if, if it's my time I would rather go to God with an open heart and an open face and 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 yeah. you know uh, ascend into the head and it's just like r- extreme death cult shit it's just like oh that's alright yeah we, we're we gonna yeah we're gonna die we, of course that's uh, yeah. why I believe in God is, is, is so I'm not afraid of dying it's, uh,
2: the first draft was why mess
0: with God's perfect plague oh my like that's we're not supposed to intervene with that. Yeah, I I can't wait to arrive at the the pearly gates of heaven and look God in the face and explain to God that uh you know I I followed the divine plan I I went out and I got my uh, two for twelve any tizers at Applebee's without a mask just as he intended. <laughs> I I drove by an Applebee's that was doing outside dining
2: yesterday and it was so. It was just a wild scene. I just, I mean, it's funny. They were far apart. I was actually pretty, I was pretty impressed with Applebee's of all people. But just what a wild thing to want to do right now. Go to Applebee's, get them riblets and, uh, you know, a $3 margarita. Actually, that $3 margarita sounds tight.
0: Yeah. I can, I don't mean to knock us off track here, but can we just talk about the outside dining thing? It, it has, like, no resemblance to, to re, like, it's, it's not enjoyable it's the middle of the fucking summer like you could go like sp- yeah. fucking melt into your dinner and like get mosquito. at least in dc just get like mosquito bites like crazy i i i understand like wanting to patronize these businesses but i i don't i don't get it man is that like catching on where you guys are
1: is, is it like a popular thing yeah I'm, yeah, yeah i mean like I the Seattle. Yeah, I'm in Seattle, and it's like I'm in Capitol Hill, and uh, it's, I mean, the dining scene, the like bar scene, uh, the music scene hasn't reopened, but uh, the 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 restaurant industry is like trying to come back. There's been closures of like restaurants that just couldn't make it, which is unfortunate because I don't know. I'm I'm like. Maybe I'm a I'm a contrarian here or whatever but I like eating out you know like I yeah. like I I think servers are some of like the best humans in the world i think they do like (laughs) one of the best jobs like you know just just after like uh doctors and teachers there's their servers you know they they, like Mm -hmm. feed you give you food it's like a beloved thing it's uh, and they should obviously be treated better (laughs) and paid paid better and if they don't want to work in a pandemic they shouldn't fucking have to work and we should be you know they shouldn't be working in a pandemic period we need to get this thing under control but anyway i i enjoy eating out but i i can't like i'm not going to contribute to that to that like i'm never going to get to eat out again because we can't just stop fucking eating out for a couple months like i and i don't know mm-hmm. so they're trying it there's like there's like three tables outside and like or like two tables inside separated by plexiglass uh so they're trying it but it's it's not enough to keep the restaurant afloat, it's not enough to kill the virus, like it's just prolonging purgatory.
2: <laughs> and
1: what sucks too is everybody who
2: not everybody, a lot of people who are like eating out right now, especially where I'm at right now. They're eating out like in protest. Like there's a way that they're doing like there's a way that people are aggressively not wearing masks, you know? And like that's what's happening. You'll go there and it's all a certain type of person who is like lined up the outside bar. And they like all like look at you while you wear your mask walking by, um, and like it's like I would love to stop and have a you know a burger ten feet away from somebody else, um, and feel good. But everyone there is like actively not taking any precautions anywhere outside that restaurant, and so it it's just like it it just, it, it just you're putting yourself in danger, and it sucks.
1: Uh, lastly, like the the. Argument that I see very frequently, and this this comes from like Fox News too. But this it's very like memed argument, which is like you know they'll show uh, footage of of a protest. They'll show footage of like crowds of people protesting, you know, on behalf of Black Lives Matter, uh, and they'll say thing something like, "Oh, so the virus, I guess, uh, won't attack you if you're on the left and in a in a crowd, as opposed to uh, you know at church." Or as opposed to at school. Wow, how interesting! Like they're making, you know, some point about the the bias and the coverage or whatever. And you know, the argument here is like, oh, how come leftists or how come Black Lives Matter people are allowed to protest? How how come they're allowed to be out in, in huge numbers when we're not allowed to go to church or or we're not allowed to go to the bowling alley or whatever? And it's like those like we're not allowed to protest like I mean right. they're like arresting us and 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 beating us and shit. The fact of the matter is there's just more of us. It's just yeah. harder to prevent us from doing that uh because there's so many of us. And like that's I don't know it's funny for how much the right does actually have a grasp of power. Uh it's funny that they that they're so whiny in that respect. Like you you could like commandeer an Applebee's. If you got enough people, <laughs> you could make <laughs> yeah. an Applebee's run if you just filled it with 300 people. Like yeah. it's pretty pretty simple, but you know they don't have like the actual, they don't have the impetus to actually go do something like that. They'd rather just you know be aggrieved online about it. Right, right, and, and well, the, the
0: old uh, you know the cliche that. You know i'm in DC. i go, I go to the shit and i always go to like tea party protests and i'm like why are there like 60 people here and, and so it's always like well it's because we're working of course the left is blah blah, blah. it's like it's yeah, like bullshit yeah. like that individualism that we were talking about earlier has like the 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 other edge of the sword there is that like they can't organize for shit
1: yeah well yeah, they wouldn't I've, be anything if they didn't have like a, a you know a billion dollars behind their movement right
2: Well, it's another thing, too. It's like there's that gotcha video that people are sitting around about. It's like Dr. Fauci being asked, like, well, why don't we stop protests? Why don't we limit protests? Um, And he's like, well, we can't really do that, like you said earlier. But another thing is that when you show up at these protests, um, a lot of, you know, like the Black Lives Matter protests and the defund the police and abolish the police protests. I mean, as someone who, like, attends at least weekly and organizes one um, pretty often – we all have masks. We all have hand sanitizer. We're all talking about it. And like this one we did last time, that was one of the first ones we had a, a, a pretty big counter protests there. Um, like none of them had took any precautions. And so we're taking precautions. And like there's been, you know, example after example of how this is not spreading amongst those protests, like 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 wildfire, because people are taking the precautions still. And that's like part of the whole thing. Like they're not, that's that's why that's why it's not spreading like that's why you know you're not seeing it because we're doing the work. Right.
0: And you guys don't want to be out there. Well, well you want to be out there, but you don't want to be out there. Uh, does it make sense what I'm saying? It,
2: exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's exactly um, how it is. I, I, I don't want to be out there at all, but yeah, we have to. Right.
1: Should I go through maybe just the second half of these uh what I've what I've procured from a couple Facebook groups just The second one, since we're running a little long, Jared. Oh, oh, absolutely, let's do it. So I I pulled up a couple threads for you know this topic, and the first one was a thread in uh, the reopen Washington. Group that I'm part of, you know, a local Facebook group with 40,000 members, you know, all about forcing these people's employees back to work or, or like, you know, getting their shitty kids out of the house or whatever. Or some people, I will say, like, some people who are actually genuinely hurting because of the. Because of the quarantine and don't have an income, don't have a steady income and aren't being helped by the government. And, hey, maybe if we had a, you know, a, quote, left government, like an example of left policies that we're actually advocating for for everyone, uh, maybe there would be less. Psychos like this. Maybe there would be I don't know a different argument or like a or an opposing narrative. But anyway, one of these uh, one of these threads was about doxing the people who work for the Washington L and I. Which is uh, the Labor and Industries Department of Washington, which is like a statewide OSHA. So basically, they're responsible for going into businesses and making sure they comply with like you know work worker safety and things like that. And there's a thread about public uh, Sophia Way post publish the pictures, names, and addresses of all L and I inspectors immediately. Uh, and a couple people are like, "Hey, I don't know if that's a good idea," and then other people are like. Uh, no, actually they're Nazis and I have no sympathy for somebody just do quote doing their job. <laughs> God, dear, dear. Uh, so <laughs> that's, uh, like this one guy, Jeff Broadland. Uh, I think the names and addresses of traders should be public information. What the public chooses to do about it, meaning like threats to them once they've been doxed, that's a separate thing. And I went to Jeff Broadland's Facebook page and it was wonderful. I think we might talk about it on our, on our show later. <laughs> uh, But I think the more interesting thread um, is from Derek Haxton, who posts into Reopen Washington State Facebook group. Uh, Went into Rosauer's at Five Mile for some groceries today. Normally, when I walk in and I'm told to wear a mask, a simple, quote, medical exemption, like he's saying that, medical exemption will suffice. Today, however, when I said that, the employee at the front of the store said, well, we have a badge for you to wear. And held up a neon orange nine and a half by eleven inch laminated piece of paper that said, quote, medical exemption on it. Just like the Star of David that said Juden in 1940s Germany. It's so I politely refused and carried on about my business in the store.
2: This is th- these this people like have never felt oppression at all in their life. That's exactly what I they said. just have no no clue what that is. That's so wild. It's like you're you're remember the part where this is voluntary friend? like this is voluntary, but you're saying you're saying that you want that
1: it's not remember the, same the part thing at where all. this is like a courtesy that they're doing for you this is like a treat that you get personally yeah, I <laughs> it's would like never you know how that. in you know how in Nazi Germany the Jews all got marked with with the star of David because they were granted like benefits by yeah, by privileges. Germany
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, and if you you know if they came to take you to the concentration camps
1: you could claim that you had a medical exemption and that yeah <laughs> i was at this show before quarantine you know i was at this show and uh i was like yeah hey i want to go outside and smoke i'll be right back and they said okay we're gonna stamp your hand and i get you right back in and i said what <laughs> you're gonna put a you're gonna put a mark on my body to separate me Yeah. To separate me from every. And they're like, well, yeah, it's like, so, like, you get, you have the privilege to come back in. We don't get, we don't question you. We don't, and it's like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I demand that you allow me to exit and re enter without showing any purchase, any receipt, any stamp, nothing. And that's what these people want. Like, it reminds me of that video that went viral like a month or two ago. And this woman really thought she did something by recording this. I think it was a, it was either a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods. She went up and she said, I, you know, I need to go grocery shopping. And the manager was like, you have to wear a mask. And she said, I can't wear a mask. I have a medical exemption. And I don't have to tell you what my medical exemption is. I have this printout from the internet that proves it. And he was like, okay, we'll just... Give, give me your shopping list and we will we'll go shop. We will literally shop yes. for you. And she said, uh, and she's like thinking on the fly. You know, she's like thinking of how this is all so bad. And so she's like, well, uh, actually, I'm trying to make private purchases and I don't want you knowing what I want to buy, what I'm going to buy. At a Trader Joe's? <laughs> At a Trader Joe's where you you go to a check stand and they handle all, all the goods that you want to buy and run through a scanner. <laughs> Also, if you're buying something
2: that private at Trader Joe's, no one has to know that unless you get detailed. Like no one has to know what you're doing with that stuff.
0: Exactly.
1: No, but I mean it's like it's a, it's it's like they have to ho- handle your goods. Like they don't just like b- like turn their heads away as you walk through the store and then walk out the front door and leave the correct change on the on the nightstand as you leave, you know? Like that's that's not how shopping ma'am, works.
2: Ma'am, you don't have to be so ashamed of loving hummus. That's okay. <laughs> a lot of people like hummus. Ooh
1: uh do we have any like i see there's a lot of like uh you know b- b- soy based hummus do we have any like milk based hummus like can i get some actual dairy in my hummus yeah can <laughs> i you
2: put some milk in my
1: hummus worried about developing breasts
2: no what, what you do there is if you if you're like don't like hummus for that reason you just only eat cottage cheese mm.
1: it's just cottage cheese is your hummus
2: pita and cottage cheese
1: but, yeah, it's just, like, they're offering you, like, they're babying you. They're yeah. babying you, and you're saying, no, like, uh, this this pacifier is the wrong flavor. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. It's it's what you were saying, Tony. It's people who have never experienced, like, people who have never heard the word no before and are mm-hmm. just absolutely shocked. They're like, but I'm a paying customer. And it's like, yeah. I, it, blows my mind and we are we're running up on time here so I I did want to uh you know put on my smoking jacket and my my bubbly pipe and uh you know play a little bit of armchair psychology here uh you know much like Alex Berenson's wife and uh you know I we already talked about sort of individualism and how this is kind of you know sending people over the edge You know, and kind of, I don't know a nicer way to say it than, like, embarrassing themselves, Uh, you know, like, at least to people like us. We see this, and, like, my my first reaction is, like, embarrassment for that person, you know, especially the people who are filming themselves and sharing it to these Facebook groups and being, like, check out how epic I am. All I can think is in, like, you know, five years from now, you know, know, time is, like, the best judge. Are are these people going to hate themselves or, like... Yeah. I mean maybe they'll get covid or something. Uh not to get yeah. too dark, but Hopefully they won't have
2: the chance to experience that. But
0: you know, I I'm curious you guys spend you know w- way more time than any healthy person should uh you know engaged very deeply sort of on the granular level with this stuff and I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts about sort of the the frame of mind uh the state of mind that is kind of contributing to this because you know, folks like Alex Berenson, who we talked about, there is a reason that he has risen up in the Zeitgeist and has been able to sell all these books and stuff, and it's because there's an audience for it. So, you know, I'm I'm curious your guys' thoughts here.
1: I think it's only gonna get worse. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I don't think like these people are gonna uh come back come to their senses or like look back, you know, in embarrassment. I think that they're gonna find even more insane things to say uh we've been doing our show for like two and a half years i've been following conservative media for for longer than that and it's only gotten more extreme it's only gotten like more wild i mean like there's that kw miller guy on twitter you know who is just overtly like He's not winking at QAnon, he's like overtly saying the QAnon things in like a memeable way in like a a uh, marketable way and finding a huge huge audience, you know. It's 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 leftists like making fun of him or gawking at him, reasonable people gawking at him, but it's there's a bunch of people who genuinely feel that way. And it's it seems like these these crises have sort of unlocked not only or uh, what do you call it, like revealed the, the failures of capitalism and the failures, the the lie of of the greatness of America. But it's also revealed a lot of psychosis in a lot of people. I think there's just like a lot of like people who are unwell, like mentally and emotionally in this country for valid reasons. And uh, it's it's shined a light on that. And I think it's given, you know, the more people see it in the media, the more people like feel comfortable expressing it. I think, um, I think the only, <laughs> the only recourse is just to take power and actually change society, actually make it better for everyone. And then hopefully like, uh, blunt some of the trauma or some of like the illness that people experience.
2: No, absolutely. Uh, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, um, it's unfortunate that you know we're talking about masks, but through through talking about masks, we're talking about so much more because these things are often tied to other things, right? Things like what they what they propose to be, our liberties being encroached on and whatnot, and what a lot of it really boils down to is like um, protecting a system that like enables white supremacy. Um, like that's what the backbone of a lot of this is. Even even if you are you know even if you're one of the the many. You know, um, black conservative commentators or a person of color like commentators out there who is a Republican and conspiracy theory pusher, um, it's that's that's what a lot of the backbone of this is. So, like Alex is saying, I don't see that going anywhere. I do see it only getting amplified, and like that's why in my like day to day and like my like my like actions, I always speak about like I'm we're not going to end racism. We're not going to end this this these wild thoughts that people have. That's just not. This is not the goal. We can't do that. These people are these people are set. These people stop talking to their entire families. You know, these people have lost jobs. These Who's people left to don't care. <laughs> yeah, these people don't care. So like, you know, like you said, rather than try to change, you know, the hearts and minds thing is that that's great and everything, but rather than change that, you have to, you know, dismantle the system that enables those things to thrive. Because that's what's going to happen once once they realize, "Oh wait, I've I have not only lost family and friends' support, but also I'm struggling. You know, I'm struggling economically. Um, it's all being pushed back. I'm I am now like a pariah, as because the, they should be pariahs. Um, but like, we have to actually make a lot of structural change to get that to be impactful. Because they until then they're just gonna keep
0: on selling, you know, selling mesh mask and um, making money off. Of it. Yeah, it's something that I wish that like liberals would understand is that you know the the like well rationed liberal types is that you know to to what both of you are saying about how kind of the solution here is not to like you know produce a viral video that like changes the hearts and minds of of the uh washington reopen facebook group it you know you know yeah what this is going to have to take if we're actually going to fix this is just taking power and doing it and at some point we have to, it sounds heartless, but just, you know, understand that there is going to be a subset of people on the right that are just going to shriek and scream through the whole process and, uh, you know, treat it, you know, kind of in a surgical way. You know, like, uh, you know, if you're in the hospital and they're performing a procedure on you and you start, you know, yelling that, like, you know, them pouring the, the disinfectant in your wound hurts like they're not going to stop you know it's like you you just have to get it done for the the sake of the person um and i don't it's hard for me to imagine that like until that sort of until we become okay with people getting very upset and very stressed out about sort of this the change that we want to implement uh it's
1: we're kind of our own worst enemy to fixing anything well it's going to get the the shrieking as you described or the screaming is going to get let la- because that's like that's going to be how capital defends itself that's going to be like i mean we already see it with you know the the moderate gains made by like democratic socialists or social democrats like in in the electoral sphere like you're seeing increasingly violent rhetoric on the right about you know throwing commies out of helicopters or about you know uh, based cops like beating the shit out of unarmed pro- protesters like you're seeing this escalation of of rhetoric and the escalation of like sort of a denial of like the humanity of others you know whether it's we're talking about coronavirus or whether we're talking about you know black lives uh, or like left politics in general um, because as a response I think to the crises that we're facing in society. Like, I think they know that there's no, there's no easy answer. And like the left answers are the more popular ones and, uh, they're not happy about that. And so I think the, we're only going to see like increasingly more embarrassing and, or like overtly violent rhetoric.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, or,
1: you know, also actions.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's what's kind of so like scary. Is it like, it is, it is all getting that, um, there's like this boiling point that's happening and it's, I don't know whether it's going to end in like, you know, some gnarly violence or if it's going to end in, you know, local people actually like taking some sort of, um, stand against all this stuff. And like, cause I think the only, one of the few tools we really have is, is choking them out like economically. Like if, if, uh, someone is posting on, Facebook pictures of like, you know, all their guns and talk. This happened locally and it was really kind of nice to see. Um, like a woman locally did some post that was um, um, uh, if rioting, looting is like protesting, then shooting protesters is target practice. Um, and that, that, that woman lost her job. Uh, Ace Hardware fired her. Um, and like, that's, that's what we have to do. And like, it sucks. It sucks so bad. But Like we have to like no longer you know, the businesses should be closed down. People should lose jobs. People should have to like really like have to bend to this or else it's going to keep on going and they're only going to get more empowered the more we let it slide.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't trust businesses to do the right thing. <laughs> like I, no, I think no, the, not at all, not at all. I but think, like you, you need know, to we, hold we, the business we accountable. Yeah. I guess, I, I just think, you know, uh, actually forming a popular, you know, uh, a popular set of goals and enacting them would do, like, the best thing possible.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, that's, that, I mean, in the meantime, like, we, there's no, there is no set of popular goals that me and, you know, Jimmy, who sends me death threats, like, once a week, we're, we don't have a, a set of common popular goals.
0: Yeah, I I mean, to what you were saying, Alex, I, I think you're right, the, the shrieking is going to get louder because it's all they have left because as far as like healthcare and minimum wage and you know a whole laundry list of issues capital has lost the argument already so it's kind of all like this is the death rattle of that possibly and uh, I think uh you know ultimately it's it's our choice collectively if we're gonna let it die you know but Mm -hmm. uh I think on that note, that's that's probably you know we killed capitalism, so I think that's probably a <laughs> a, good, a good point to wrap this one up. Uh, do you guys have any uh, final thoughts to share about
1: COVID skepticism,
0: trutherism, denialism, whatever you want to
1: call it? Uh, no, I mean I respect to everybody who's who's working. Respect to everybody who is isolating and doing the responsible thing because uh, they have. You know family who is at risk or they themselves are at risk i i know it must be extremely hard uh i i am still working monday through friday long hours uh so i solidarity with all the essential workers out there uh and solidarity with anybody who's lost anybody uh or anybody who is at risk of losing somebody
2: yeah same um i'm also working still um yeah, we got to hold, like, our businesses to a higher standard. If you're working at a place that is not mandating safe protocol, I understand that you probably can't. You can't say anything about it because you're an employee there. So what I'm getting at there is that everyone around us, like, everyone around you needs to say something. <laughs> you know, we all need to, like, advocate for, our, like, our, you know, our, for the servers. That's, like, that's, we need to advocate for the servers. We need to advocate for those people, for the, you know, for the grocery store workers, for everybody, we need to advocate for them. If you know, if we're not them ourselves, like that's the biggest thing right now is like petitioning for people's safety. It shouldn't shouldn't
0: be that radical, and we got to kind
2: of keep doing that.
0: All right. Well, that I think is a a good place to to wrap things up. This has been an episode of Shit Posts. I've been joined by Alex and Tony from Minion Death Cult. Fellas, where can people check out your podcast? It's it's very good. It's I I my podcast player, I, I think I'm subscribed to like 20 different ones or something, but uh yours is the one that I always listen to when it comes down. So, I where can people hear the gospel? Thank you
1: very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, you very awesome. much uh miniondeathcult.com or wherever you get podcasts, you know, whatever player you have including Spotify, uh, we are on there. We also have bonus episodes every week at patreon.com/miniondeathcult. Uh and uh, yeah, thanks again so much for having us on. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It was awesome.
0: All right.
1: And let's cut it. <laughs>